Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom-stable scleral lens. Yes, thank you, Valley Contacts. My name is Dr. James Diem. I am here on the East Coast slinging scleral lenses, and Roya is chilling with a beverage somewhere on a beach in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. What is up, Roya? You know... Am I right about that? Or I was am I trying wrong? to think. You're getting it. You're getting it. You're finally curtailing your talk, and I like it. I am. I might as well be in Tamarindo. That's where my clinic is for sure. You don't live in Tamarindo. Where do you live? I live in a, a little beach town just north of Tamarindo, by 25 minutes, called oh, 25 minutes. Playa Grande. Playa Grande. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody today who is from uh, Costa Rica, and they were saying that Tamarindo is actually one of their favorite beaches in all of Costa Rica that it's a lot it's very fun there's great yes. food there um mm-hmm. it's 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 popular but i guess it's not like the most popular but it's very popular and um they said there's a lot of uh like there are americans quite a few near there is that is that all accurate or no it's a huge expat population so yeah. yes americans canadians other Europeans, people too. Yeah. other <laughs> other other folk around these neck of the woods but actually it's kind of nice too because there are also costa ricans like we didn't want to be somewhere that was just totally yeah um all people who just like inhabited this foreign destination because it's beautiful but i would uh, definitely echo the beautiful thing i mean tamarino is ranked on many reports as being a beautiful beach i personally think playa grande's beach is even more beautiful it's gorgeous. It's a national park. And um, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but it's um, a, the national park is like a hot spot for um, sea turtle breeding. So like mm-hmm. from yep. what is considered our, as in the U.S., co- um, winter. So like November, I haven't been here during this time, but November, maybe October, November, December, January, February-ish, there's a lot of turtles that come to the shore, lay eggs, and then they hatch. And so it's like a very common thing for people to come and see hatching sea turtles here. So okay. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. It's very warm. I mean, even in the, right now we're in our winter here. Oh, is it really? And it's technically winter, although it's 85 degrees daily. <laughs> the winter just means kind of like West Coast winter. It just rains more. Oh. Yeah. Like U.S. West Coast. I guess all of West Coast. Pacific is more, I guess, has more condensation Rainy. here at the okay. moment. Yeah, versus in the summer is dry here, very dry. Like it doesn't rain at all, basically in the, again, your winter months. So definitely a little different, but. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This, okay, obviously we're filming this a little early, but we're about to open our clinic. We have just got Woo. shipment. We just got our Excited. equipment delivered. It was a headache and a half because we had delays. <laughs> the one piece you wouldn't think would be such a pivotal point, but we we ordered these spa-like exam chairs. So exam oh. chair and stand. It's beautiful. But it we ordered it from a company um, that was, and it was manufactured outside of Shanghai. And we actually paid and ordered it in like March, like a long time ago. 
Right. But it didn't, because we weren't sure when we'd open or have room for storage, they held on ordering it, which led to the, a lockdown in Shanghai, which many of us probably heard about in like early summer. Oh and God. then it couldn't be, like everything was shut down. So we couldn't get it shipped out. And now it's on a boat, right? Or currently in the moment where we're recording in end of July, it's on a boat still. Then it has to get to port and to us. And then, so now think about like, you need your slit lamps delivered. We need our, all of our stuff is coming from a distributor. Like all the rest of it is a distributor local. All of our stuff is here locally now, but everything needs to be installed on the stand. So they can bring anything until we have Mm. these silly stands and like, it's just, we don't know. It's so stupid, but anyways, ideally by the time where you guys are listening to this, I'm gonna show, go check out the Instagram, allstomar.cr, because hopefully they're gonna be there and so beautiful and we can all just like send likes and hearts and claps and snaps and be just like super into Prayer it. hands. Prayer hands, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. It's, I mean, it's gonna go great, it's gonna be wonderful. Yeah. We're all excited for you, we're rooting for you and the people there are going to benefit from it. So it's, it's, it's wonderful really stuff. Fun. Do we have a Try Not to Stress by OptoPrep segment? Try Not to Stress. Sure do, Jimmy. And this one, Let's I think you it. may, you might get this one right. Exposure keratopathy. <laughs> Diabetes. The and smoking. The diabetes. Them sugars things. Diabetes and smoking have been demonstrated to potentially serve as protection factors against which of the following ocular conditions? Diabetes and smoking. I know. Potentially serve as protective factors. Option one, retinal neovascularization. Option two, retinitis pigmentosa. Option three, macular degeneration. (laughs) And option four, keratoconus. Keratoconus. Bing, 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 bing. Snaps. You know, really I I don't think I really knew now. that to be honest. But I, thought <laughs> I of, did. I I was thinking of um the uh, of smoking. You know, and like aging, right? Like it ages yes. you, right? And diabetes yes. like ages you. So like yes, that's, and it causes diabetes and 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 smoking can cause. Neovascularization, right? And and, and AMD. Exactly. Which is neovascularization. So, yeah. Good. That, that's, I, good like deductive reasoning, of, Jim. Yeah, that's very so like, good. It's got to be the conus. <laughs> right. I was thinking like retina, retina, retina. Okay. Let me tell you why that actually potentially is protective. Uh-huh. Diabetes actually. So, you just basically said why it's not good for the other things. That's kind of right. obvious. For right. RP, I'll mention that it serves to decrease the likelihood may serve to decrease likelihood of retinopathy associated to uncontrolled diabetes however a decreased risk of rp development due to concurrent diagnosis of diabetes has yet to be established but diabetes may lead to changes of the extracellular matrix of the cornea potentially rendering it thicker and more pliable both of which act as protective factors against keratoconus side note as well as glaucoma Hmm. Research has also confirmed a decreased likelihood of keratoconus in patients who smoke. 
possibly due to increased formation of collagen cross-linking. There you go. There so you I was go. Right. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> okay, we've got a seriously fun, fun guest tonight. You guys, we tell you all the time that we love hate doing this show you know we love hate it because it's been so long it's so much work but what we love what like brings us back every time whenever we're in the hate feeling is like communication with our listeners like we love it it just like reinvigorates us so we had one of those and that led to this show but let me just tell you what we got okay the feedback we got so we get this email it says i needed to reach out after listening to this this episode today the episode was How to Have the Talk. That was a couple months uh. ago with Dr. Serenzi on myopia management. She, the, it, first of all, if you didn't listen to it, I'm going to link it so you should go back and listen to it. But Listen to it. Right. Listen to it. So he said, it's awesome. it was an awesome episode. I've been doing myopia control for about a year now, but it's awesome to hear different, ex- different perspectives on how to approach the conversation. Um, myopia control is important. There's a lot of great resources and clinical skills, but not about how to speak to patients especially considering it's a big financial barrier to entry. Um, he wrote, a, wrote an article on modern optometry, which we should link, so you need to send me that. Um, but I felt like the topic didn't get enough coverage. I really enjoyed the segment where you put Ariel on the spot to prescribe and recommend myopia control to little Jimmy <laughs> and his parents. I think you should keep having these conversations. Found it helpful. I'm sure others did too. Just wanted to encourage you. So we love that. Dr. John Reggie. Hello, thank Welcome. you, thank you. I didn't know my email was going to get read. I should have I mean, proofread I that. <laughs> no, I mean, I yeah, skimmed. Well. <laughs> I skimmed. Yeah. But, right. but it was fun. Like, we, I mean, we don't need, uh, like, a, a hype message like that to just say, like, hey, love that show, whatever. But but I think it's, it's when, you, when you're talking, I mean, now you get to see what is behind the curtains. It's just, like, us looking at each other's faces and Jimmy, like, you know, who knows what he's doing over there looking at his phone, his phone or something. <laughs> Dealing with a bunch of <laughs> other nonsense. <laughs> but seriously, it's it's a lot of hard work. So like we appreciate that hype. But um but let me let me talk a little bit about you. So after sure. I got the message, I was like, dude, you gotta come on. Because first of all, as a super super quick tangent, you were super active in our um build my social media. Oh, yeah, what I, yeah, my, sure. my catchy little Yeah, that, <laughs> that was huge. Yeah, that was like fun. everyone in the pandemic was doing that. That's right. It was. Damn, it was very darn pandemic-y. That and live <laughs> streaming, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so pre where you're at right now, so you in, you attended uh, university, McMaster's University, mm-hmm. McMaster, singular, McMaster, in Ontario. Correct. correct. Then you did your doctorate of optometry in Houston. Mm-hmm. You got all the awards, including excellence awards. in neuro-optometric care and Ooh. cornea contact lens. Yeah. You're the national liaison for the sports vision section of AOA. Now, I have to ask you a question. Do you know Vito Mena? Vito Mena. That name does not sound familiar. Vito, if you're listening to this, you have failed, my friend. <laughs> you have failed. The national liaison doesn't know you. Get your ass together. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm just kidding. He's a good friend of mine. He loves sports vision and um, Jimmy loves name dropping. I, well, I, he's just a good guy. You know Vita. Vita takes pictures at every conference you've, you've ever seen. If you see someone walking around, take your a picture. Picture has been taken by him. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. I apologize. Also, he served as executive journalist for OptometryStudents.com. 
And now you're currently working in Shelbourne Optometry Clinic in Ontario, which I will say, I like to call this out when it's appropriate, but you have 100% five-star reviews on Google. Oh, do I? I didn't even I'm going to just <laughs> go ahead and stop. You know what? If you want a solid a, like, like self-esteem booster, you go read your, your Google reviews. Yeah, for sure. Because it feels good. I stumbled upon mine, uh, this was a couple years ago now, but I like, just sat there and like cried in a good way. I was like, <laughs> this is so nice. I so definitely nice. should do that. It, it's honestly helpful to keep a record of your wins because sometimes you forget like why, why you're doing what you're doing. And then you like read that stuff back and you're like, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this. I, mean, yeah. I feel like reviews get a bad rap, but they get like, I think feel like Google in general compared to Yelp at least is more positive than negative. Yeah. Or at least you people what, that go out. You want to know what I'm dealing with right now talking about reviews? I have somebody <laughs> at an Airbnb right now who smells <laughs> something and I'm like trying to like they're definitely going to leave a bad review. So I just gave them a full refund and I'm Venmoing them. Smell the something? They you smell like, babe, something. I think you have it's, COVID. Oh you smell God. something stinky? <laughs> <laughs> have you taken a COVID test recently? Oh my God. Anyway, so reviews are really important for a lot of things. Absolutely. I'm with you. Sorry. That's true. I digress. Now, aside from working at your clinic, you are the chief medical officer at for Vera Health, which is a mobile optometrist bringing uh, comprehensive eye care directly to the office. What do you mean by that? The office, like two people's offices? Yeah, so For Vera was a cool, cool thing that I was involved in. Um, I think it was two years ago now. Okay. Um, so it was a startup company. So Oops. the idea was to, in the downtown core of Toronto, um, businesses are a big marketplace and they just don't have time to get their employees out to get eye exams. So the concept idea um, that these guys pitched to me was they wanted to mobilize optometry and essentially bring a unit into a space within an office building. So say it's like EY or um, PwC, like a big accounting firm, rent out a room in in the space and then bring a bunch of mobile optometry equipment, like a Feroptor, a slit lamp, all that kind of stuff. And then just book patients in working with that company and just start seeing them and then also dispense glasses. Okay. So the idea was super cool and they needed some kind of like optometric advice, obviously, because these are like, you know, people that in finance and marketing and, and design, things like that. So they approached me um, and then I was just kind of consulting and giving them advice on how that, that goes. Since then, Forvera's kind of dissolved and they've gotten to different aspects because they realized it's not as easy as they thought they could do it. True. So they're 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 exploring different opportunities how they can still work within the healthcare field, but now they're thinking more about how they can use um, medical records like optometry records and make it accessible to the patient and how that oh. might be useful for the patient to carry around their medical records and provide it to other doctors just to provide continuity of care. Cause like, I'm sure you guys know, like when you're asking for medical records, signing like medical release forms and all that kind of stuff, it gets Nonsense. tedious, right? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's where that's kind of gone to, but that was a cool foray into, um, into the startup world. Like I had to learn all the lingo and all that stuff. So that was fun. Cool. You know, sometimes I, I only know this because my husband was in a startup for a while and it's sometimes you're like, this is a little pie in the sky, buddy. <laughs> it's like, you gotta, I don't know what you think that we can do or even like bringing optometry. You're like, do you realize how many things you got to bring? There's a lot yeah. of stuff. I mean, great in concept. 
but I was I was really impressed by this is the startup culture, and I think that's something that we could use as optometrists because yes. what I found was it was a small team, and they had two high school students. These they were like in grade ten. Stop. And if they had any questions, like they were like, okay, what is the price of Ferropter insulin lamp? Right? I'm like, I don't know. Like you know, I know the price of the Ferropter insulin lamp that I have in my clinic. So they would tell these high school students do all this research in two days, give us like information about this. So they would just like get into the internet and then come back with like a 20 page report. Like these are all the places where you can buy it. These are the reviews of this stuff. This is what's important. And I'm like, why don't we hire high school students to do everything? Like these are awesome. That is smart. I mean, I do think you bring up a great point because I think too often people just do things because it's how it's always been done. Yeah. Oh boy, you're starting to sound like uh, Elon, right? <laughs> That's kind of like Elon. He says that all the time. He says stuff like that all the time. But no, it, it's really cool because it made me yeah. think about how we can change. Yeah, you know, our, we, we're taught a certain way, right? We're taught optometry a certain way. Um, we're taught business, not even. So we just learn from whoever else is that we're working with, right? But there's so much more. I was just parlaying off what you said, like exactly, like too many times, like optometry is taught in a certain way and we practice a certain way. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, like you'll just be in clinical practice and you're like, why am I doing this this way? Like this doesn't make <laughs> sense. And then you All think the about it in a different way. It's like, oh, totally different. This makes so much more sense. And Roy, it's probably exactly what you're doing because like you're teaching now, right? And you're not just going back to your notes, hopefully not, and just like, regurgitating the same info you're like okay what's a better way to think about this 100 percent. or even just opening a clinic right it's like okay i've always had x um you need to have computers process. everywhere right you we need to have computers yeah, yeah 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 you always need to have a computer at every station jimmy and i yeah. just chatted about We're having a about computer that. at the topographer the rep tells us we need to buy a new computer which is a big deal in costa rica because they don't really have electronics affordably just two and i was like do i need it do i need a computer like can it just not be a laptop right it's just like is that how it's always been or do i really need that but yeah. need it and <laughs> okay one of the things i saw on your website which i really love is that you one of your philosophies is to treat every patient as your first i want to talk about that for a second yeah for sure i think that's really important because like coming out of school um I was like super like into it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like super zealous about like treating everything, like finding everything, telling patients about every single thing that I find. <laughs> and then over time, like as you get busy, you're just like, oh, I've done this so many times. And you lose like, you lose that passion inside of you. And I think that becomes evident. But then yeah. once in a while, I get this patient that's just like blown away by like some mundane thing that I explained. I'm like, yes. oh, you know, your pupil is a hole. And they're like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's a hole. It's not just a black circle. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, like all of these things for us, it might seem the same. But for these patients, it's like mind blowing information. Yeah. So like, all right. Yes. If, if I can keep that vigor each time I see a patient, that patient just like, so much more joyous at the end of the eye exam. So sometimes, like when I'm when I'm in a rut, I have to remind myself, okay, it's my first eye exam ever. What would I do? What would I do? <laughs> oh, I like that. And it kind of pumps me up. They Jeff Bezos says, and like I don't know, he wrote this in his retirement letter, but his whole concept was day one, right? Every day is day one, and yeah. I like that because it's like you kind of forget you do get jaded, whatever you're doing, or you have the same repetitive conversation about dry eye or whatever. Right. 
whether it is part of your, you know, talk or not, keeping those little fun facts. People do love that. Mm-hmm. Or I like saying like, you know, dilating is a big pain in the butt, but did you know I can see 200 things that could go wrong with you in your eye? Not yeah. people like that. Little things like that. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Perspective. So going back to the build my Insta challenge, you, one of the things I remember about your entries were that you're a drawer. Yes, kind you're of. A big not, drawer. I don't want to call myself a drawer. Doodler. <laughs> a doodler. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's legit. I'm pretty sure Jimmy couldn't doodle that. Definitely not. No. <laughs> how, how is you, like, have you brought that into clinic now? Do you have posters on the wall with with drawings of the cornea i don't know like how do you it actually started in clinic um weirdly enough like i never had this as an idea that like i could do this to reach out to patients or anything but i found myself when i was explaining stuff especially with dry eye i would like grab a post-it note i'm like hold on let me show you like there's like two layers of the the tears and like the oil layers on the top so like this is like if it's irregular you can't see properly they're like oh okay right and it makes sense to them or with myopic control, like, I would explain, like, oh, your eyeball looks like this is a projector screen. And I found itself, it's easier for me to just draw the picture and show the visual quickly. And the patients seemed to got, get it. And then I noticed, like, I had, like, bunch, like stacks of sticky notes just in my drawers, <laughs> like, different things that I was drawing, or even, like, the same thing that I drew, like, a million times. But I felt like that act of, like, me drawing it rather than just having a handout was personal to the patient. They're like, oh, this guy's going to do something right now for me. Right. And yes. it seemed new. So he didn't just pull out a card that he had. So I thought about the ideas of like, you know, monetizing it and making it a card that I can just like give to people. But I think I would lose that personal touch. So I kept just doodling and drawing these images. You got an Etch-a-Sketch so, now? <laughs> I wanted to bring an iPad in, but still, I, I, I feel like that lost that personality. So I still do post-it notes. <laughs> I draw. What, what's one of the things you draw? Because I do quite a few drawings throughout the day. We have like a, we still have a router form, you know. Like even though everything's yeah. online and mm-hmm. on our EMR, still have like this router where we like circle like which a, a exam code and and uh, some of the other codes. So anyway, I, I'll often flip it over, and I have a few. Yeah personal favorites that I <laughs> consistently draw that I just feel the need to draw this picture <laughs> to explain it. Um, so you tell me what's, what's your number one, the first thing that comes to mind. Thing that's, I think the thing that shocks people is sometimes when I draw Neo, like neovascularization mm. or even like blepharitis, like I'll draw like weird bugs. How do you draw blepharitis? It's <laughs> <laughs> like you draw legs? I don't know. <laughs> I'll make it look ridiculous. Drawing inflammation? Like, Like, what is it? Like the little fire guy from Zydra? Is that what you draw? Well, what I'll do for cataracts is like, I'll draw the eyeball, I'll draw the lens, and I'll draw clouds in it. It's like, oh, your lens gets cloudy. And they're like, oh, 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 that's good. That's good. I like That's a good one. That's a really good one. My number one that I think I draw is the description of a multifocal contact. I draw a pair of glasses, so I just do two rectangles, and I say, okay, okay, here are your glasses, and I put a line on it. You could, And I put a D at the top and an N on the bottom, and I say the distance is at the top, the near is at the bottom, you move your eyes to access a different prescription, but contacts move where your eyes move, so you can't do that. So then I draw two circles, 
And then, you know, right under the glasses. And I put the N in the middle and the D yep. on the outside. And I just say they work differently. They're like a bullseye. Your reading is in the middle. The distance is around the outside. And it slowly changes. And I explain how their pupil size changes and how they access it. But that that's my number one thing that I, I draw. And then the other thing that I draw, I draw this probably more often than I should because I don't think anybody understands it. And I see my scribe, like, rolling her eyes when I start to draw it. Because... <laughs> Uh, she's like nobody understands that it, it's um like the people you know you get it all the time right oh the glare at night and blah 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 and you check their prescription and yes they have sill and you check the and their sill is in their glasses it hasn't changed nothing's changed it's all the same oh the glare it's terrible and and you describe i try to describe you know the fact that the cornea is a different shape. So I actually show like a cross section of their cornea. Okay. And then like the pupil. And, and I show how, cause I try to draw the middle of the cornea, like kind of round flat. And then the edge is like real steep, you know? Okay. And I, so I show them how the, like the light, when you're, you put an equation the in there too. Smaller, I draw <laughs> like a line. I'm like cosine. that light. Yeah. It's totally, I lost him. I lost yeah, you guys. I lost you. I lost you. So how do I? In my head, I'm like, he's, Jimmy's drawing high, higher order aberrations. I need right. to know how to draw. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, this is trefoil. <laughs> so that's what I do. And yeah, my, it's so funny because my scribe, I can see her, her eyes are rolling. She's like, nobody understands this. Stop it. <laughs> but anyway. You should be like, you'll just be like, okay, like this. Yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. No, but the, yeah, they're like, stop you. To your point, though, people see the the you trying, you're yeah. trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else is just like nighttime glare. Everybody has it. Deal with it. Suck it up. Get this anti glare coating. It'll help. That's it. But I'm trying. I'm trying to give them an explanation, and I think that yeah. you know that that effort differentiates yes. you, right? For sure. And people yeah. say, "Well, I've never." And you must hear it all the time, based on what you're telling me. That was the most thorough exam, right? How many times you hear that? Isn't yeah, that great? It never gets yeah, old. Yeah. And I think that's something that people need to remember, um, especially as we like start getting into practice more, about these like little nice things that patients say about it. Remember yes. that because that's useful. Because a lot of the times we're like, okay, how can I be more efficient? How can I be more efficient? And you cut out some of that stuff, right? Like some of the yes. things, like this most thorough eye exam, we're like, thank you for explaining it. Nobody's ever took in their time to explain this before. That's a good thing. Keep doing it. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My, I'll say mine because I do think it's a valuable one. One of my like best drawings that I do consistently is I like to draw out why a progressive looks different than like a near variable focus lens or a computer right. progressive. Because, you know, like that is at least in my world in Seattle when people are spending hours on a computer, especially over 50 crowd, complaining about their neck and I can't use progressives, right? And so showing the like hourglass versus, you know, chubby belly, skinny leg girl kind of thing, you know, <laughs> the different profiles of why you need this progress, this style of progressive compared to a normal progressive. That's where, that's where you were like led astray in a sense, or you just where right. you went wrong for your lifestyle. You're spending so much time. So that's my drawing. But I do I always, always caveat, I'm a doctor, not an artist, right? <laughs> Even still drawing lines, I just still mess up. I always thought of it like a Y, but I like 
chubby girl skinny legs. A little chubby boy. Chubby girl skinny legs. I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like or what's that? Like that was a, a cartoon that like a big belly but skinny body head. I'm lost. <laughs> you get I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Well, okay. You know, you liked the when we put Ariel on the spot, so I'm gonna do the same thing to you. You have a okay. new patient come into the office. What's your conversation of, you know, like, A, breaking the ice, and B, just, like, getting to know them slash, like, who they are outside of their eyes? How do you have that conversation? I think it varies about how to get to know the person, because I'll try to do, like, my background research, like, by looking at the patient chart before. I've gotten to the habit of, like, writing interesting things about them, like, kids like motorcycling or, or like you know or not motorcycling but like atv right <laughs> or um built uh, a playground for their kids over the summer or got into this activity during the pandemic so then when i go back to the chart i'm like oh yeah they like this thing and i'll say it and like oh you remember that i'm like yeah i remember that <laughs> it's like no i put my notes but i'll try to do that <laughs> background research um or it's just like trying to read um body language there's a there was somebody that I, I uh, was listening to recently. I think I wrote his name down. It was Michael... What was it? Mark Bowden. He's a, he's a TED Talk speaker. Uh-huh. And he talks about like in within four seconds of meeting somebody, you already have an opinion of that person. Mm-hmm. Meaning that like, are they a friend or a foe? It's like friend, foe, or like mating partner, right? So ignore the third one, but friend or foe. <laughs> like, so you're trying to like understand what this person views you as and you're trying to flip, like if they think of you as a foe, like sometimes patients come and think like, oh, they're going to make me buy glasses, right? You got to flip that script quickly. Like read the body language, read the cues. Are they like closing their arms off and just do the opposite? Like I get like super expressive. I'm loud. I'm making jokes and my staff is always like, you're too loud. Like we're trying to pretest other patients, right? <laughs> but I think just doing that, being open and then the combination of like looking up, you know, what their background is allows you to kind of read them. And then it's, it's, ever, it's always personalized. Like I don't have a script that I throw at patients every single time. Like I really try to read the person or if they're with somebody, if they're wearing something funny, right? I'll, I'll make jokes about that. I like it. Very good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. I think that's important. And you can feel it, right? When you're in the exam room, you're with a patient, you you kind of feel them closing off and you could already start Mm -hmm. them, you know, hear the excuses in their head or the feeling that they're, you're trying to like just get them to spend money. And it's really not the case, but you know. Yeah. You could see it from their perspective too. For sure, yeah. I think kids are easy to to have a conversation with because you can like play off the kid and the parent. Oh yeah. Because like you'll have a kid like at a three year old kid or four year old kid today, and I was like, "How old are you?" It's like she's like, "I'm four. It's like, "I'm four. Like, no, you're not. And like, <laughs> mom's laughing. It's like, "Oh, you're so nice. Thanks for making when? your laugh." I'm like, oh no problem. <laughs> yeah. And then we can. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, when kids are in the room, you're like, "I've won this already." <laughs> Even if there's a bad kid, it's usually like, "Okay, it's gonna be easy one." Yeah, kids, kids have found it pretty easy. So tell us about, like, your clinic. How did you get involved in this clinic? You know, you've been practicing, what, four-ish, five-ish? Four years now, yeah. Four years? Okay. Yeah. How do you kind of establish yourself as a young, thriving doctor? How, do you, how did you get to where you're at? Like, tell us that story. So where my story is kind of, like, confusing, and in a lot of it, like, I think everything has to do with networking. Like, nothing... None of the jobs that I have was something that I applied to. 
it was always like somebody knew somebody that referred me and then like you know I met with somebody and then I kind of got to it I think the coolest story I like to tell people the story started in optometry school and I think it started this mentality for me it's so I came back I think after the first summer um, after doing optometry school so I came back to Ontario after being in Texas so I'm trying to find a job during the summertime and I don't know like other optometrists or any like students or anything in this field because like I'm practicing like you know miles away in a different in a different country so I just started cold calling a bunch of optometrists asking if I can come like shadow them or like if there's any help that they need to do I'm like I'm a first year optometry student can I help you and everyone's like no 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 no. like everyone's like oh we're busy blah 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 whatever right so then I keep doing it and I'm looking at like you know people in the uh, in the College of Optometrists in Ontario or like in the associations trying to call out reach out to them and then I stumble upon this one optometrist he's like oh like I'm about to retire um, but like you go to the University of Houston like I know somebody that went to the University of Houston call him but he doesn't practice optometry anymore but I'm like, okay sure I'll call him I call this guy and he's from South Africa and he's like oh I love the University of Houston because like when I was studying in South Africa we were studying optometry there the University of Houston invited us over to their college and like allowed us to take classes there and through that we were able to get licensure in america and then for whatever reason a bunch of these south african optometrists they moved to canada so he's like i know all of these like my colleagues that love the university of houston and i'm so surprised that you're here in ontario and also go there it's like i'm gonna set you up with my friend his son owns a clinic and he has like a pretty big clinic and that's how I got like my first gig like out of school. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. All I have to do is like talk to people. And then <laughs> since then, I've been like going to every conference possible, doing all these things. And that's kind of like that that attitude and that those skill set that I've kind of developed over time is what led me to get every every position, like every single position. I've never had to apply. And I always tell that to new students, like, yes, applying is good, it's important, but talk yes. to people. Like any mundane interaction is not is not useless. There's some 100%. kind of benefit. Hundred percent. Well, I think too a lot of a lot of new grads or soon to be grads. One one thing I notice is people are waiting for that job listing, that like golden job listing to show up on whatever platform they like to well, look this at. Is what, or, this is what we're taught, right? Right. Well, yeah, this is that's one like of the things are that's taught. tradition. You apply to your job, like you applied to college in optometry school. Exactly. And just exactly. another thing you're taught, and it's probably more comfortable, right? Because you're behind the comfort of your this paper that you can write stuff down mm-hmm. I don't know 100% like, even Shelburne like the how I got the Shelburne gig was um, when I was working in Toronto um, I was working right after school while I was working on my um, licensure and everything uh, I was working at a practice and there was a frame rep that would come in and he would always come in at the end of the day so like me and the OD would be like we would just like make jokes about how hungry we were and he would just order us pizza <laughs> kind of parched and like he would buy us wine and then he like we became friends with him because we would just like drink wine and look at glasses and <laughs> yeah. then like we were close enough that when he like and he had a big uh, territory so when he found like opportunities it's like hey like john i think this will be great for you let me introduce you to this od cool and that's oh, how yeah. like, i ended up going there looks like a cool place it looks like a hip little you know at least you know the the front there looks pretty looks pretty hip is it a hip Hip vibe? Is that kind of it, what you got going on there? It looks hip. It is cool. So it's, it's a really small town. It started, I mean, it's growing now. It's a really small town. And the owner, Dr. Kripa Tachani, she's like got a really good eye on like 
uh, colors and fabrics and stuff. So it's yeah. like a super colorful spot. So everyone loves like coming into the clinic and like we have like a big orange couch and there's like a lot of colors everywhere. So yeah, people love it. Like it's very different Peacock from the other place in town. Color. <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. Stuff I see. That's cool. Uh, I heard that you got married recently, and this is really crazy. You got married in a country that neither you or your wife are from or nor have any connections to. Is that an accurate statement? Correct. And it wasn't a destination wedding. It wasn't planned to be like that either. You weren't in Mexico. <laughs> no. You weren't in Mexico on the Riviera Maya. You were not... Um, you know, on some faraway land on a beach, you had you. There was um, lager and and steins. Yes, there was. Oh. Yeah, very big steins <laughs> and Wiener sh- schnitzel. I'm just kidding. Uh, so let's hear this. Well, you you well. First of all, you just got married, so congratulations. That's fantastic. Wonderful time of your life. Thank you. Um, thank you. Two years in. Two, two years, years in. Yeah, almost so it's years, not yeah. totally fresh. And yeah. so, do you guys? Is she in Ontario then with you, yeah, or she's, okay, she's over in the other room? She's she's right here. Okay, <laughs> got it. And um and uh, she is not from Canada. However, no, she's not. So she's, let's hear it. Where yeah. did you meet? So she, we met in Italy. She's from there. She lives there. Uh, she lived there all her life. So um, it's a long story, but essentially, um, I was visiting once, and my uncle's best friend is her dad we didn't know this my uncle's like a stay stay at my best friend's house you can go okay. see venice so i go see venice stay at this guy's house met his daughter then stuff happens and then is that how this happened <laughs> yeah. this guy's probably like my god i'm not having guys stay at my house anymore blocking my daughter away if they do i'm just kidding that's so, that's cool that's cool so then five years later we decided to get married oh, wow wow so and yeah we were doing long distance for the for the Four years. Wow. We dated for four years. We met five years ago. Anyway, so we decided to get married, and we're doing it in Italy, where she's from, close to where she's from. So we set it all, set everything up. I proposed in August of 2019, and then February 2020, I go there to do wedding planning. We see the venue, we finalize the caterer, all that stuff, and her sister's boyfriend comes to visit too, and he's from Germany. So he was like, yeah, you know, I got stopped at the airport because, like, I was, like, sniffling and there's, like, some kind of virus from China or something. But, yeah, like, whatever. Like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I fly back. Two weeks later, everything is shut down in Italy. Like, everything is, like, closed. And, like, people can't move. They can't leave their homes. Just like, okay, COVID, right? Yeah. And then we're, like, planning, planning. We're like, hey, this thing will go away. Like, give it to the summer and it'll be gone. Our wedding's in September. But the closer and closer we're getting it, like, obviously, like, this thing isn't going away. So we start reducing our, our, our party size. It goes from 300 to like 200, 100. And then like the closer we, I think like in August, we made the decision to like, okay, I don't know if this is possible to do it in Italy anymore. Because it would mean that me and everyone from Canada would have to quarantine for two weeks before the wedding and then quarantine on the way back. So last minute we decided to move to Germany. And mm. so we're going to fly to Germany because they don't require quarantines for Canadians. And then her family can just drive six hours over to Germany. And then literally the week before the wedding, like it's the Monday, getting married on the Friday, Munich has a new city law that cuts down the party size from 50 to 25. Wow. And we're like, there's no way we can cut that. We can ask like half the party size. We're like, no, stay at home. Right? Wow. So then I start calling like German hotels outside trying to understand the process. And I find out that it only applies to the city of Munich. So if you leave like five or 10 kilometers outside the city, that rule doesn't apply anymore. So we find this other city, Unterhaching, and we shift the venue there. We should put the caterers there with the florist and everything over there. 
and then book everything, literally the next day get on a plane, go there two days later, I'm married. So it's, it was a super wild ride. Unbelievable. What a good <laughs> wedding story, something I'm sure. What was like the most German part of it? Like what sticks out like that? Oh, that would only happen in Germany. Anything? I mean, I know it was a necessity that you were there, but the it was most, like a happy accident. <laughs> the most German thing. Hmm. The most German things I didn't realize that maybe the, the culture of Germany, like they're very like straightforward people. Oh, like, God, I'm there yeah. trying to like joke around with people and laugh and everyone's just like, I'm like, oh no, what am I saying wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but then at the end of it, they like, they ended up saying like, you know, sorry, like our culture is different. We're really happy that you came. Everything went smoothly, blah, blah, blah. Wow, cool, cool. What a great story. That's fantastic. So you're in practice, you're you're employed, correct? Yeah. Awesome. And um, you know, is is are you are you like your position? Is this something you think that you're gonna continue to do? Who knows? You like where you live? What do you think? So right now, um so how it works in Canada is you're not an employer, independent contractor. I think it's similar. Or maybe it's slightly different in the States. Like you can be an independent contractor, but you can also be an employee. But in Canada, you can only be an independent contractor. So you don't get like EI and employee benefits and such and such, right? Okay. Um, So you're kind of like consulting for the company just the way the the laws of Ontario work. Anyway, so I'm like, uh, that's the position that I have in both the practices that I'm part of. As I've been practicing, I'm, I'm realizing like I like the idea of having control of making change. Um, so I like the idea of ownership. So I think in the back yeah. of my mind, um, owning a practice is always going to be there and I'm always going to look for that opportunity or partnership, which I've expressed you know, to the places that I work at and they're open to the idea as well. So at some point I do want to kind of have a managing role and not just seeing patients, which I love doing. But, you know, I think as we're learning, we learn our interests and business is an interest of mine. And I want to kind of get into that managerial aspect of the business as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you got a lot of wonderful things coming your way. Obviously, you're kicking butt. Thanks for, you know, uh, taking some time to join us tonight all the way from the great north. (laughs) Great north. We the north. The Great North, uh, which really, you know, isn't that far north, right? Shelburne, Ontario, how far is it from the United States, like the closest part? (laughs) So Buffalo is probably our closest Was that like uh, an hour away? No, it's about two and a half, Shelburne. Okay, so it's it's a good bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Good. Yeah, so our our friends to the north here, we got them. We got them. There are uh, try not to blink northern contingent on the line here today. Well, we got everything Very, now because I'm up the north, you're in the middle, and then now Roy is all the way in the south. So we, we got, got it all covered, yeah. all the Americas. <laughs> um, do you? Uh, very important, most important question out of so two things. One, what is your refractive error? Do you have one? I do. It's a bad one. Oh, plus one, minus 225, axis with the rule. Axis. Really? Yeah. Plus one, minus 225. When were you first corrected? Age of seven. Age of seven. With glasses? With glasses, yeah. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. And are you wearing contact lenses right now? I'm in contact right now, yeah. Okay. I'm going to just... 
Um, I have no idea. What kind of lens are you wearing? I can't get a. I'm not getting a feeling. What is it? Alcon Precision One. Oh, cool. You like them? Yeah, they're they're really good. They're really comfortable. Awesome. I've been fitting more and more of those. What what are, what kind of soft lenses are you working with in um in practice that you like? Do you like to work with the Precision One lenses or Alcon yeah. brand? Is it? Alcon's been good. Like obviously the DT1 is like one of our you know every optometrist like one of their go to lenses. Yeah. So Alcon's always been good. Um. AccuView, I mean, JJ's products are also good. B&L has been stepping it up recently in our area with yeah. the Ultra One Day and, like, their technology. And Ultra One Day? Mm-hmm. Oh, you I guess they call, it, they call it Infuse in America. It's called Infuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they call it Ultra One Day there, It's called huh? Ultra One Day here, yeah. It's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess the Canadian market wants this. Maybe they know the Ultra brand more. Yeah. And it with them. Okay. Yeah, so they've been doing – and so they've been very optometry-focused. F- uh, yeah, and like trying to support optometry specifically, so that's been cool to work with B and L. Okay. Yeah, you know we we like B and L lenses, we do, but we you know we we have a local rep who really has done a good job, I think, in the in Alcon to really get us using the Precision and DT one more, and I've it's been great, it's been great. We've yeah. been we've had a lot of success. Cool. Plus one minus two twenty five. Never would have guessed that, <laughs> uh, but that that is a good. It's a one. weird RX. I'm a oh you cold same in. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. yeah, I have one 170 axis, 160 axis. But okay. spherical equivalent is Plano, so I can right. get by without anything kind but of. But you see the world on a slant, right? No, it's spherical equivalent is Plano, so it's, it's all <laughs> equally blurry. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. So, do you feel blur? Like, do you appreciate blur with your glasses off, or is it just more clear with the glasses on? More clear with the glasses on. I think it's yeah. just more like perspective because now I know. What clarity yeah. really looks like? Those patients piss me off, right? Because they're <laughs> like walking around, they're uncorrected visual acuities, twenty twenty five, maybe even twenty twenty. Yeah. But then they come in with that prescription, and you're like, "Where are these damn glasses?" And some <laughs> people just don't, or they never yeah. did, and you're trying to explain to them, and then you're a little apprehensive, like, "Are they even going to adapt to these?" Right. Right. I, I tell the patients because, like, I went through almost the same thing. Like, I threw out high school, I never wore glasses. Because I'm like, oh, I'm not a nerd. I'm not wearing glasses. Ah. But then I realized, like, oh, it's so much better. So I tell patients all the time, like, I'm sure you can see 2025. You can see that board, no problem. Right. You're going to put the glass on. It's going to be way easier. Later right. on, you're going to want to wear the glasses because now you know the difference. Not because your eyes got worse because you wear glasses. Now your right. brain knows, like, oh, I can see like this. Why don't I wear this? Right. And they're right. like, oh, okay. And they seem to get that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good drawing right there. That would be a good drawing. See if you could draw astigmatism. That's hard. I've, I've tried. <laughs> oh, my God. There are a lot of good things that we, you know, visual descriptions are important 100%. in optometry. Anyway, what is, this is the most important question, what is your spirit animal? This is the animal that defines you. It is the animal that embodies your spirit. Spirit, and um, if you were to tell someone this, they would get you. They would automatically understand you. They would not need to know you any further because you <laughs> fully a, depicted order. it in animal form. Go. Hmm. Okay. I think I. Uh, I think I would have to go with a bear. A bear. Ooh, a bear. A bear. Okay, yes. and and I'm gonna go one step further. A black bear, or a brown bear, or grizzly bear, a polar bear, a panda bear. What kind of bear? 
obviously got to go with brown bear. I don't know if you, you can't see the video. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a brown man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pick a brown bear. bear. <laughs> well, brown bears are good. You know, brown bears are good, but they could be, you know, so tell me why. What do you think about that? So part of the reason is one, I just watched a documentary about grizzly bears and how vicious they are. So I don't, I'm not very vicious. Oh, vicious, so. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you saw that that, that the same video that the documentary that I talked about, where it's a dad and a uh, daughter go for a hike. I think it was in Washington, and they get mauled by this grizzly bear. Yeah, crazy. You should watch it. What was that on? What was that? I I would love to watch. I was think that it Netflix? was Nash- I think it was National Geog- Geographic. So, so maybe Disney, Disney Plus? Plus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna watch that. I love <laughs> that kind of stuff. All right. So you're not mauling people. That's no, I'm not mauling people. Uh, I think brown bear, just because I think uh, bears are, you know, kind of happy, happy go lucky. Maybe I'm wrong. Happy go lucky. You know. Things go. I'm thinking about Brother Bear, the Disney movie. That was like right. a nice, well, that's okay. bear. That could be your spirit animal. It could be Brother Bear, not like a wild bear. Yeah. Like it's carefree, things. you know. Yeah, Brother you know, Bear. Fish. Yeah. Good. I love Likes it. to get along with people. <laughs> Perfect. Well, listen, we do appreciate it. You got a, a wealth of knowledge and uh, certainly a passion and excitement for the profession of optometry. That is absolutely infectious and i hope our listeners were able to gather that you know tonight by our our fun little conversation that we had if folks would like to reach out to you to get more information about all the wonderful things that you talked about practicing in canada uh, specifically ontario uh, how can they do that yeah you can reach out to me uh, on my social media i have an instagram account I do all the little doodles. It's John Reggie, so it's J O H N R A J I dot I doc E Y E D O C on Instagram, or you can email me. Honestly, like I'm, I'm really open to talking cool. to students or even awesome. colleagues alike that has questions. John dot Reggie thirteen at gmail dot com. You can contact me either way. What about your TikTok? Go ahead and share your TikTok. <laughs> Don't have a TikTok just oh, yet. Oh come on! I should. Dr. I should. Reggie, get your people, TikTok people game on. People have been on. telling me. People have been get telling me. Get your TikTok. <laughs> We'll have a TikTok battle. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do a new, and I tried to do this before, but I just, I can't ever stick with things. Um, get a, like we did with the Instagram challenge, do yeah, a TikTok yeah. challenge. I think that oh, would be fun, yeah, sure, right? Yeah. I think it would be fun. Be lot, it is, be it's fun. the fastest growing um, social media platform uh, year over year uh, for the last two years. I think it's really 100%, crazy. Yeah. It is. It's nuts. Do you have a TikTok? Seriously? I do have a TikTok. And I have it's TikTok it's and I waste time absolu- on it. Right? So, <laughs> right? Everybody wants to hate on it, but yet they stare at it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We all do it. Anyway, brother, thank you so much. We do appreciate it, doc and have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. Can't depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink.